Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friends are Jane Rothfield and Nathan Bontrager, a.k.a. Hence Teeth. And uh, we play some old-time music that I'm excited for you to hear. We recorded this interview a few months ago at Clifftop, and I've been saving it for a special occasion, which this certainly is, because it's the last week of October. You all know that that's the month I appropriated to be Get Up in the Cool month. In a moment of panic, I did a quick Google to see what causes I might be detracting from, and I'm sorry to say that October is also American Cheese Month, Church Library Month, uh, Church Safety and Security Month, (laughs) and my personal favorite, Feral Hog or (laughs) Hog Out Month. So uh, I'm really sorry about diverting funds and distracting attention from these vital causes, but... If you have it in your heart to forgive me, please consider signing up to support Get Up in the Cool on Patreon. It's a crowdfunding website that lets you regularly support your favorite online free stuff like YouTube channels, webcomics, and of course, podcasts. And this podcast is pretty dang regular, almost every week. This is the 64th interview and jam I've posted, and I only started the show in July of last year. The only reason I've stayed this consistent is because of my Patreon supporters. I get bored and lazy pretty easily, and honestly, pretty self-conscious too. I mean, if I didn't have 56 people giving me money for every episode, it wouldn't take me long to start worrying that this was just a vanity project and call the whole thing off. So believe me when I say, I'm so grateful to all of you for making this show possible. It means so much to me especially my new Patreon supporters. Hopefully I say some or all of your names right. Here we go. Claire Christie, Gary Anderson, Misha Vickas, David Prinz, Jean-Paul Dublas Jr., and David DeWitt, my dad, who increased his pledge to $7 an episode so he could get the weekly EP reward, which gives him access to the newly tagged and formatted Get Up In The Cool archives of every tune recorded on the show, including the bonus tracks. It's more than 18 hours of music, and it's only going to get bigger because I add to it every week. There's also the monthly online banjo workshops. We're probably going to have another one of those this weekend. And of course, the weekly bonus track. This week's bonus track is Tough It, an original tune by Jane, and we play the hell out of it. I'd love for you to hear it. If you want to join the ranks of people who make this show, go to CameronDeWitt.com and click the button that says Patreon, or follow the link in whatever app you're using to listen to this. Find a level that works for you and signed up. Oh, I almost forgot. All pledges made before November will go directly to my guests for the following year. My goal is $50 an episode, but even after last week's burst of awesome generosity, we're still just halfway there, with only a week to go. So... I'd like to ask a specific favor of all my listeners, all of them, that means you, make a post on Facebook, if you have a Facebook account, with the following link, patreon.com slash getupinthecool. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash getupinthecool. Uh, If you're already supporting Get Up In The Cool, let people know that you're responsible for the continued existence of maybe their favorite show. Most people probably don't know unless they heard the specific episode where I gave you a shout out. If you can't give money right now, share the page anyway because you might reach someone who's been meaning to sign up but just needs to see the link in front of them. Alright, that's enough of that for now. Stick around after the interview for details on how to hear more from Jane and Nathan. Here's my jam and chat with Hen's Teeth. Enjoy. Hey, 
dog. Jane Rothfield, welcome back to Get Up in the Cool. Thanks, and, uh, Cameron. Nathan Bontrager, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Y'all are hen's teeth. Mm-hmm. Sure are. Very, very good band name. <laughs> Where that? Who came up with that? That was your. That was yours, Jane. Well, actually, it seems like a Janeism. My husband Alan, who I've known for many, many years, finally told me that he actually wanted to name his band when I first met him, Hen's Teeth. But they said no, so they called it Twang. Oh my goodness! And he said terrible, terrible wow, name. That's so a bad choice. He's always wanted to have Hen's Teeth be hope something no, that we to this right now. called our. Did you? Band. So yeah, when we needed a, a name, besides our two names, Hen's Teeth came up, and it just seemed to fit. Yeah, it's very good. Did Did you get permission from Alan to, to appropriate his band name? No. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Alan. No, okay. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> That's a secret to our success. Okay, right. He'd since forgotten, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Very good. Uh, so um, maybe let's start with how did you guys meet? Where did you guys meet? And how did you decide to? start playing together. Go for it. Okay. You go, <laughs> well, James. we're at Clifftop at 2017 Clifftop Appalachian String Band Festival. And I think that's pretty much where I might have met uh, Nathan first because he was camping with some friends of ours, uh, Harry Bullock, who I love playing fiddle with and who makes up great tunes, as I like yeah. to do as well. And so, you know, Nathan plays a cello and we just started playing a lot together. And, you know, a couple times a year we connect at the festivals and then remember it was a couple years ago here at clifftop we were actually were sitting playing fiddle and cello and there was nobody else playing with us which was very rare and i, I remember the moment we were playing a tune called in the moment one of mm-hmm. my tunes and i sat there and i looked at nathan and i said dang that's really cool we should get some gigs and he yeah. said, well i live in cologne germany i was like mm. oh well but as it turned out i was able to go to europe last year and so i got in touch with nathan and i said hey you want to do some gigs and we did, and we've done three three tours over there so far, and we're doing some gigs here in the states. And we love to teach and play and have fun, and it's been really good. Right on, right, Nathan? Yes, it's very much fun. <laughs> yes, it is fun. <laughs> Nathan, yes, very direct. Nathan, you're from Lancaster, right? Yes, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Uh, why why are you in Cologne? That's a very good question. Um, it's kind of it wasn't happenstance, but I had this uh, sort of amorphous goal. Uh, for a while that I wanted to live overseas um, for at least like a year or two before I before I got too old um, and not that anyone's ever too old for that but uh, I had a sort of arbitrary goal of like okay before I'm 30 I'm gonna do this um, and that was coming up and um, at, the, at that time I was also looking to study Baroque music and um, <clears throat> So originally I thought maybe I'd move like South America or somewhere a little more adventurous than, than Europe um, but uh, then, since I was thinking about graduate school, um, I looked around some places there. Germany was free to study, so it was kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, and so I landed in Cologne. Cologne was never like a goal as a city, but yeah. it's kind of what happened and has worked out. That seems like a place good. to study Baroque. Mm. You play viola da gamba. Yeah. Did you bring it? I wish, man. It's yeah. probably super like. It's a little. Fragile. It's a little sensitive for like hanging out in the woods, uh, with gut strings and everything. Yeah. But I would love to bring it sometime. I was just thinking about it the other day. That'd be um, great. Like, I mean, it fits actually. It fits really nicely for old time music. Maybe you could just like do a little edutainment for people who don't know what a viola da gamba is. And, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Modern pedagogy. Yeah. Learning can be fun. Edutainment. Edutainment. It's a lie. Yeah. Learning's terrible. <laughs> Uh, the gamba, yeah, the gamba is yeah. well. It's basically like a lute. It's like it's like if a lute and a cello uh, had a 
had a one night stand at like a music convention and produced. This is very edutaining. <laughs> see, see, very I'm good. trying to make learning That's fun, man. That's what I'm man. talking about. <laughs> it's like you know, it's Man like it's like when you were, it's like you know, when you were like youth group as a kid and they tried to make like the Bible interesting, but uh, you know, there's like there's actually a bunch of sex and violence. There's in a bunch of man. cusses yeah, in the Bible. Cusses. Yeah. <laughs> cusses. Mama said, "Don't cuss." Um, anyway, so it's like anyway. it's a it's a bowed string instrument with six or seven strings, um, and like the violin family, it comes in all sizes from big to small. But the big distinguishing factor is that it has frets. Yeah. Yeah, and then and you play and, and you hold the bow underhand, um, which no one can see what I'm doing right now on in, in the. Oh, you're holding under- it kind of like a. It's sort of like a German style. It's like German bass, bass except yeah. it's even further. It's even further around. It's like German bass. You kind of come in from the side. He's got an underhand yeah. kind of like yeah. It's basically like you hold your hand up like you're holding like a, a ball in or something. That's pretty much yeah. the bow hold. Why? Why did like the first cellos have frets? That doesn't make sense to me. That that would be the first step. Well, it's it's a little confusing because even though they look similar and it seems like there's a trajectory from gamba family to uh, violin family, they're actually totally unrelated. What? Yeah, I don't I don't know the true, my world real origins of like the violin um, family, but like the gamba, they're all these like um, Mozarabic uh, instruments that made their way into Spain yeah. from North Africa from with the Moors, and one of those was the vihuela, this little like a little Spanish guitar basically from back then and at some point they started playing with a bow and then then it kind of turned into the viol but the viol family ends with the double bass uh, which is but has to do with how they're built basically Um, so in terms of sound and playing technique they're obviously very related yeah but historically they're different streams entirely right on Uh, playing Baroque music I don't think I've ever heard like actual Baroque music played on Periods, yeah, yeah. Um, why? Why are you interested in doing that? I I got into it when I was in grad school, um, studying modern cello. Um, there was a I don't know. I I think it was just the sound that appealed to me. Frankly, like you know, playing on gut strings on these historic instruments, yeah. and with doing it in what people would call you know an informed way. So you're trying to pay attention to yeah. the ideas about how people played back then. Um, the sound really attracted me. Also, but not just the sound, like the way music is made in that world. Like it's, I find, you know, early music and old time both appeal to me because they're very social forms of music yeah. making, and there's a lot of flexibility and improvisation within the form itself. Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. Because like, are you like reading from like figured bass or something, or like that does? I mean, if you're playing, if you're playing a bowed instrument. You're not necessarily going to add a lot based right. on the figures. Mostly just the harpsichord player right, or right. whatever. But there's all kinds of room for for freedom in there. I always forget that that music is still folk music. Yeah, exactly. And I yeah. just like I always think of it as being like stuck on the page. Yeah. but At some point, it totally wasn't. Yeah, especially when you get quite early. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, later like Bach or whatever is a little more codified, a little more boxed in in terms of how uh, you play it. But there's still tons of freedom there as well. Are viola da gamba's do they have just intonation? This is. Be careful with that question. Oh. <laughs> Not only because I could talk endlessly about it. Okay. It's gonna, I gotta write just give us a little no. bit, a little bit, and then we'll pay another attention. Mostly, <laughs> the 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 short answer is that the the two, the temperament system that works best is um, is some kind of um um. Jeez, uh, oh, I can't remember the name in German always. Uh, um, mean tone, either quarter or six comma mean tone. Uh, is that like a compromise between well-tempered and just, in- yeah, and just it, intonation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well-tempered 
Well, just you wouldn't you you could technically do whatever you want, but if right. you want it to fit with the keyboard instruments, for yeah. example, it has to somehow. Right, work. right, right. At the same time, the instrument should sound good unto itself. So you use this kind of altered mean tone uh, temperament. If it was pure mean tone, then certain chords would just sound like absolute crap. Yeah. Um, but since you have flexibility uh, with the strings, not as much as a violin, but you can still adjust stuff. You do a yeah, essentially a compromised version, so that things sound more or less all in tune. Yeah. But there's a lot more. Once you get into the nitty-gritty of it, there's a lot of variety and spice uh, between the different keys in a certain temperament, which is quite fun. Yeah. It may, doesn't, it may not translate to like most people's ears, but right, right. if you're like nerdy and, and stuck inside this uh, yeah, yeah. navel-gazing world, then it can be I, well, quite fun. I think it's... we all know yeah, about that. Preaching to yeah. the choir. <laughs> yeah, preaching to the choir, yeah. I always like it when Nathan tunes my instruments, though. They always sound much better. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, do you not do a lot of, uh, you, you do all by ear? I do, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of stupidly so really distrustful of tutors, but there's no real reason to be like that. <laughs> Just a Luddite. Yeah. It's your Lancaster roots. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Electronics. Let's play, another, uh, let's play another tune. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm trying to remember what the second one that we chose was. Day four. Day four. Day four, yes. Yeah, okay. and I'm going to try to jig with you. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I made this up actually in day four last year, day four of Clifftop. And uh, apropos, apropos. Yeah. Are we, is this day we four? might be day four. Friday, it's day four Saturday, Sunday. It's day yeah. Four. Okay. It's day four. It's day four. Oh, oh, perfect. Yeah. That's why it sounded so good. Destiny. And uh, it's on in D minor, and uh, for me the tunes just they just kind of show up and they're pretty much done. So I was playing around with this and then. Got together with Nathan and played it as a jig just for fun. And so we, we're going to play an old-time jig called Day 4 Jig. And then we're going to play an old-time reel called Day 4 Reel. Perfect. By Jane Rothfield and Hen's Teeth with Cameron DeWitt. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Let's do it. Thank you. 
again. <laughs> it's got that day four energy. Well done. That's right, yeah. Uh, that transition from the jig to the reel was like, I was very impressed with how you guys transitioned. That. that was super cool. Yeah, I've done a few times. Yeah. yeah. That's I don't a even, fun one, though. Yeah. Uh, man. Thank you. I gotta process that for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Messing with your head a little bit. Yeah, just camera. a bit. Uh, the, one, the one thing we don't get with old time ever is like the fun of 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 like medleys. Yes. Which I, I don't always like them, but you know sometimes a medley is just really nice. Yeah. And then the Irish get to do that all the time. Yeah. It's like, well, why not us? Come yeah, on. totally. Uh, I need to um, get to A real quick. Mm. Okay. Yeah, let me let me get to A. Me too. Yeah. Mm. break. Um, so, I wanted to ask you guys about your experience playing all time in Europe mm -hmm. in general. Maybe I know you guys have played separate in Europe, but also together. And uh, like, what is? How do people like engage with this music, uh, especially like your your brand of, mm. of old time uh, over there? What's been your experience? Well, really good. I mean. You know, we've played for uh, old-time audiences, and they're really enthusiastic about what we do. Because, you know, we do our trad stuff, we do some of my original stuff, and then we, you know, we go off on sometimes little improv kind of things yeah. and take tangents and explore the tune and then come back. And yeah. they all really seem to like that, so mm -hmm. that's been really great. And then the folks who don't aren't experienced with this music either, they just, they, they really like it too. So it's, you know, it's like anything, if you... If you make something interesting for someone to listen to, yeah. hopefully they'll mm -hmm. they'll come back. And and there's a lot we've been doing a lot of teaching over there as mm -hmm. well as performing and uh, teaching in Scotland and in England and in Germany and in Holland mm -hmm. and and they're just they just love old time music. Yeah. They you know the traditional music in Scotland and Ireland. You know people who are, who are drawn to acoustic music are gonna are gonna find old time. Yeah. Especially now with the internet and everything, there's yeah. so much more available to everybody. So they love it. They, in fact, we just did a workshop in Holland, and one of the questions from one of the sort of the leaders of the pack was, we said, what do you want us to help you learn? He says, I want to know how to get that feel in a jam from Clifftop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, I, cliff and, and we knew exactly what yeah. to tell them, which is just, you know, just listen and make eye contact yeah. and have fun. Right? Amongst other things, yes. And, yeah, most <laughs> of those things. And be in West Virginia yeah. on a beautiful day. Yeah. But anyway. Um, yeah, so it's been it's been great. So I, Love I'm, it. I'm always curious about like people who aren't from who didn't grow up from like where this music was born mm. uh, myself included mm. you know um, I'm always curious about like the way that different cultures sort of project different meanings like on to this music um, so like uh, for instance um, my like limited experience with like playing with Japanese folks, they like, they're very very in, like, once again very little. I don't know if this is a generalization or not, but like, they're very very intense about the music and they want to play it exactly mm -hmm. right. Um, and uh, those folks have been like maybe, uh, I don't want to say precious about it. They've been like they take it a little more seriously in like the tradition mm -hmm. like and like. Uh, replicating some of those old recordings and bow patterns and things like that like a little more seriously than other folks um i've i've heard some people say that like northerners in in the states maybe are have had a similar attitude mm. about um you know being really strict about mm. like old time rules and things like that 
Um, and then, um, obviously, there's no standard in Appalachia because, like, to them, it's not Appalachia. It's like, no, this county is, mm. like, what my music means mm. to me. I'm, I guess I'm just curious, like, in Europe and in the UK, like, what, what, what do people think? Obviously, they like it. Why do they like it? Is it, like, like a... They see it as like a source of authenticity or something, or like what? What does it mean, like mean to them? I mean, I, I think it's just the same reason why we're all here. It's community, you know, the friendships, and, yeah. and you know, and then then you know, if they get a chance, you know, sometimes people really want to delve deep, and yeah. sometimes there some people don't want to delve as deep. So I think it's the same. Seems like a similar community from my my experience in this country too. Yeah, I think for sure in the UK. I think, I mean, they people in the UK have been. Doing has been playing old time for longer than anywhere else uh, in Europe. Yep, and which makes sense. I mean, the connection is is obviously clear. Um, there, I think, especially like the social aspect is is quite obvious. You have a lot of you have more you have more people playing it, so you have more like regular sessions. And these people are that's kind of their their social life as much as their musical life as mm-hmm. well. Europe itself is, I think, a little bit different in that there's just not as many people playing it, so you you would have more people who who get into it for whatever reason, and then they approach it with a, almost more of an academic bent, yeah. you know, and they and they want to they want to get to the heart and soul of the authenticity of it. Yes. And then usually they're and then usually they're kind of operating uh, by themselves, you know, at home with recordings or YouTube or what have you. Um, although I must say, in general, I haven't found people over there to be even even those who play don't concern themselves all too much with with tiny differences between between different regional styles or anything yeah. like that in fact like there would even be people who play old time but for them it's more of just a part of a larger Americana thing that they're right, into, right. which can be you know which ranges from the like very normal and 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 sort of hobbyistic kind of way yeah. to a sort of weird uh, fetishization of uh-huh. of American <laughs> culture I mean you get I mean that's all over the world, obviously. But sure, like, sure. Got, and there's there's a bit of a. I mean, we do it here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone in the world does yeah. that for other people. Germany, in particular, has a kind of weird subculture of Americana stuff. Interesting. And you can part of it's connected to um, this this novelist Karl May, um, who I, I can't remember exactly all the details of it, but he he wrote like his most famous book was Vinatu, I think. He wrote these like imagined westerns. I don't Whoa. think he had ever actually been there, and he wrote these like really tons and tons of like really elaborate like westerns and cowboy novels, and like with really like pretty obnoxious like over the top uh, uh, portrayals of, of Native Americans and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's this whole sort of cowboys and Indians world. Uh, right. But people like East Germans could get those books uh, before the wall came down, and that was for a lot of them their only their only mm. view into American culture. And so, and you have like I forget where it is. And there's there's a theme park somewhere over there that's all like America themed. It's really I've never gone. I never want to. But uh, you <laughs> we know, have to go there. It's sort of like yeah. you know. It's sort of like you know your animatronic like Disney World robots with with like overalls and straw hats on. Like, yeah. Playing Turkey in the Straw. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> you would think if anyone that was concer- that was if, if anyone would be concerned with authenticity and like and the roots of all this stuff it would be those people and they they're the most clueless of all in my experience because <laughs> they just have this they have this idea of what America is like yeah. or, or what sort of American folk culture is like um, which is partially accurate perhaps but yeah. in large part they're just kind of 
making it up. Yeah. Uh, but don't seem too interested in deviating from the little world they've created for themselves. Yeah. Not to like badmouth a whole group of people. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, That's I mean, fine. It's just the, I mean, the, people treat like, I mean, there's a whole, especially like a few years ago, there's like this whole, uh, what some people have dubbed genericana, mm. um, like the sort of pop music, um, revival of like, um, folksy sounds, like all of the rock bands had, had mm-hmm. banjos and, mm-hmm. um, and stomp claps and stuff like that. Um, Mumford and Sons, for instance. Um, and yeah, I feel, so I feel like that exists here and like, you know, we're closer in proximity, but like, uh, it's still, <laughs> yeah, like a fetishization of like, sort of idea of like, yeah. authenticity or like traditionalism, yeah. but totally not. <laughs> Well, we've found, I think, um, the people who come to our workshops and some of the weekends that we've been teaching, you know, they have they have repertoire and they, mm. they've listened to a lot of the original recordings and they, you know, have a good sense of it. But now what they're looking for is just to get to the next level yeah. to be able to play with, inter- you know, internalize that music, which maybe, yeah. you know, I grew up in, uh, my exposure to traditional music was, was really in Connecticut with a lot of traditional French-Canadian and yeah. old-time fiddlers up there even though you know they weren't from north carolina it was still it was still old time fiddle yeah. traditional fiddle music and you know they they're really just looking to kind of get that get the feel and yeah. that feeling when you finish a tune and you're just you know laughing it just feels mm. so good and it's all it's why we it's why i play it yeah like, yeah me too so anyway <laughs> yeah uh we should move on to uh let's do chili wins okay let's play chili wins ready Thank you. 
taste like wine Going down that long, lonesome, long, lonesome road Going down that long, lonesome Sports our sports song next, uh, and you guys performed this with like a special like Appalachian string quartet, right? We did this thing. Um, this let's see, the second tour that we did um, in the UK, we where was it then? Um, yeah, we had a gig, and then Ewan right. and Becca so had, showed up. Yeah, so it, so I, I played a band with a Scottish guy there uh, named Ewan McDonald, and. Um, He's a great old-time player as well, and he sort of carted us around in his uh, wonderful van, the 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 bongo as it's called. The bongo. The bongo, yeah. The bongo. It's a, it's a <laughs> it's, it's the greatest van. It's a Japanese uh, company. I think it's just called bongo. It's called the bongo friendy. F R F R I E N D E E. Friendy. Friendy. That's the name of the. Brand of the van? I think the brand is Bongo. Bongo. Because the there's also the Bongo Adventure, uh, <laughs> which I've also traveled in before. That's another story. That's how I met you in McDonald, actually. We were traveling in the back of a Bongo Adventure through the deserts of northern Iraq. That's not a lie. Uh, <laughs> not a lie. Yeah. Uh, before things were uh, slightly more dangerous. Movie at 11. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we played, so we got together with you and then this um, other great. Uh, uh, fiddle and viola player um, Becca Wolf joined up with us and we did sort of an ad hoc string quartet thing and we liked it so much we decided we wanted to uh, at least record it or do something with it longer term so yeah. next, uh, the last tour we did we got together and spent a day at Becca's uh, parents house um, recording five tunes I think we did and one of those was Sports or Sports and we in in the sort of, we did a lot of weird things with that too and like we Refigured it as like a seven eight Balkan thing. What? And did all yeah. It got it got pretty it got pretty out there. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if it's I don't remember salvageable it. from the from the recordings. <laughs> but we decided the new name became Sporty McSports in homage to the uh, British uh, uh, Oceanographic uh, Laboratory. Uh, Weather forecast? Well, no, no, that's something else. Oh. That's, that's also very funny. Um, <laughs> the shipping, the shipping forecast. Shipping forecast, yeah. Irish seas, Calm. rough to middling, later good, poor. 
This is the. Have you heard the shipping forecast? No, wait. Where does the sporty mix sport? Oh, right. Name get okay. Yeah. yeah. Back, so there's, but, so anyways, like, okay. they had this campaign to like name this uh, this this <laughs> national like uh, sh- uh, research boat, and they let they let the people decide. Yeah. And the winning the winning uh, the winning name was Bodie McBoatface. Uh, <laughs> Which apparently they, they didn't actually like approve it, which is real, which is really lame. Like, That's a shame. On. Bodie McBoatface is great. So Sporty McSports, I think Sporty McSports was it. Yeah. Sporty McSports, but the name came from just I was at a festival in Portland, old time music gathering a couple years ago, and uh, there was a lull, and I went to see where everybody was, and they were all in the den watching the game, the game, and this huge TV, and I and I said, oh, what are you doing? Oh, we're watching the game, and I said, oh, sports are sports. For whatever reason, then I sat down. This tune showed up. Yeah. So we'd like to do it for you right here, right now. Great. Right, Nathan? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I refuse. Uh, no, I'm done. No, I don't want to play that. Tune. We should totally like. We should. Oh, we should break up on air. That'd be awesome. That'd be really. That'd be a, like a great. Well, and then our, the next episode, you'll get back yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, our duo will reunion. make break up. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great for promotion. Oh, you could be like pro wrestling. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> Slam you I down. Get, I get be... I'm in it for the music, but really for the story. Exactly. <laughs> sports are sports, aka sporting Sporty mixed sports. sports.
Uh, did you write this tune at that party? Yes, literally. I said, well, sports are sports. I sat down and that tune came out just yeah. in- intact. There's a bit of anger in it, you know? Yeah. There's a bit of, like, frustration. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. No one wants no to play sleep. with me. They just want to <laughs> watch sport, sports ball. Yeah, sports, yeah you know, sport, I, sport ball. You know, because I'm angry so much of the time. <laughs> so dang angry all the time. Um, so that, you recorded... With this group, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When is that? When is that coming out? We'll see. There's there's a lot know? to sift through. I mean, I don't. It was like we hmm. we had only a couple of hours together, and we definitely like completely overreached in terms of the things we wanted to accomplish <laughs> in that space of time. So like that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I get it. So there's like there's a lot to be sifted through to see what's salvageable. I mean, the ideas were I would say all really really interesting. Um, yeah. Because part of the idea too was was blending uh, a sort of chamber music aesthetic. Yes. With, yes. With the idea also being, it doesn't really ever work when you take classical players and try and get them to yeah. um, sound like trad. But if you have trad players who have, it's not even a question of chops really. It's just sort of like familiarity. You know, do you right. know? You know, is it also do these other sound worlds also make sense? Then you can that then the doors are wide open. You can do yeah. whatever you want. Um, so that was kind of what this group yeah. was, and we definitely we probably bit off more than we could chew, but that's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's the beginning. It's the beginnings of it. Some some sort of demo will come. Yeah, out very very cool. Well, yeah, we ma- spent an afternoon outside in a yurt in the countryside mm. in England, down near Bro- that sounds fun. near Lewis or something, and sort of worked up these things. And then the next day we, oh, I just found a bandaid on my arm. <laughs> rogue <laughs> bandaid alert. Used to be on my arm. Um, anyway, and so story. oh yeah, one time when my cousin graduated from college. <laughs> in Harrisonburg, Virginia, we went out to the Boston Beanery, which is really a really crappy restaurant. Afterwards, to eat, uh, and everyone's food came out. Like my my little cousin's plate oh. came out, and like a hamburger, fries, salad, <laughs> and then just like a giant Band-Aid was sitting on this plate. <laughs> still like, still like curled up and round, like it just slipped off someone's finger. Oh no, that's, that's a real terrible. shame. Yeah, he got he got a free brown uh, Sunday, I think. He got a free Sunday. Also with yeah. yeah. <laughs> also the syringe in it. It's mostly band-aids. <laughs> hey, you been in the Boston Beanery? It's mostly band-aids. Okay, so you're in a yurt. <laughs> well, we're outside the yurt because it was outside very, very hot. And we okay. just spent the afternoon just kind of going through some stuff. And then the next day, we just literally just spent about 12 hours just running through stuff. I think I haven't listened to any of it yet, but some of the things are like eight minutes long. So uh-huh. there's, They're pretty you know, epic. There's some so real prog rock. We'll be doing some <laughs> little editing and things like that. Yeah, but cool, there were cool. some very, we just kind of decide, well, we'll just follow our nose and if it sounds good, it is good. Well, uh, maybe by the time this comes out, there'll be something that people can yeah. can, can get. Although we're available for gigs, so, you know, yes. if you want us, we're awesome. And also, Hen's Teeth, Hen's teeth. Off the, off, off the cuff, the cuff and, on, and the on the fly. Is yes. the name of our CD. Yep. And you can find us perfectly at, encapsulates, just like your energy, especially your energy, but like together, like the, mm. the way you guys put together your tunes and like yeah. yeah. I, lo- I love idea as well. Oh, thank you. And it's a very is nice it actually yellow. Alan's idea. No, yeah. <laughs> Alan did everything. No, Alan is a wonderful, supportive husband yeah. and also a fine musician as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway. So. I, lo- I love your playing and I love your tunes. Thank and you. uh, I'm really glad that you found Nathan and that he feels the same way, you know. Yeah. And obviously, your, your playing is wonderful. So, like, I'm just 
excited to hear more. We have a lot of fun. Yeah. We do indeed. Yeah. It's very obvious that you're having fun, and that's why you're doing it. Yeah. Which is like, uh, as a as a spectator, but also as a participant, mm -hmm. it's like just it's very enjoyable because mm. it's like uh, it's like you're listening to an interview like a super or like improv mm. comedy or something yeah, yeah. you know it's like it's a different it's like an, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. improv on the comedy. comedy yeah yeah edgy <laughs> improv comedy yeah <laughs> no. I love it um, well someone once said when they were when they, they didn't know anything about us and they showed up at a gig and afterwards they said you know it was almost like watching and listening to a train wreck because you didn't know where it was gonna go and like, what's gonna happen next yeah. around the curve, you know? Yeah. And then Just magically, we would. Where everyone's going, wee! Is, yeah. yeah, like it's a roller coaster, <laughs> not a train wreck. Oh, that's the wrong metaphor. Oh dear. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we're having fun. fun roller coaster right? without a track. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Off the cuff and on the fly, you can get that now. Yes, Bandcamp. 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 Uh, you can find more information at janerothfield.com. Yeah, yeah. We have a little page there. Eventually, we'll have our own site but and, right now. That's and hire you two for gigs and stuff. Yep, and, yep. Yeah. we're available very for good. all sorts of fun. Cool. Children's birthday parties, for example. Yeah. Especially Nathan. He's very good with children. He is. Thank you. He's shrugging. Shrugging. Shrug, shrug. Yeah, I forgot it. Um, yeah. Sullivan's so, Hollow? Sullivan's that's Hollow. Oh, yeah. All right, so uh, this is the last tune, um, Jane, Nathan. <laughs> I mean, we can play more if you want, but uh, we're here for a week. Maybe. Yeah, we'll be here for a week. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show, and thank you uh, for doing it. It's yeah. amazing. What are we going to end on? We're going to Sullivan's Hollow, yes. slow version of it. Yes, uh, it's also connected to the quartet project. This was uh, Ewan introduced us to this way of playing it. Yeah, and it really like hits that like lush chamber string quartet kind of spot so right on yep thanks
you want to hear more of Hen's Teeth's music, you can follow them on Facebook and at janerothfield.com under the Bands tab. Their album Off the Cuff and On the Fly is available on Bandcamp, and you should buy it. It has Theo's Waltz on it, named after my son. And you know, badass duets with fiddle, banjo, and cello, so go get it. If you're an old-time player of any or no skill level, you should go to Janie's Jumpstart Camp. There's one over Veterans Day weekend in Oxford, PA, so you should sign up quick if you want to reserve a spot, if there's any left. Go check it out. The staff will feature Jane, of course, uh, Kelly Allen, Terry McMurray, Shona Carr, and Paul Brown, you know, the host of Across the Blue Ridge, that other old-time podcast. And if you're a fiddler, cellist, or guitarist in San Francisco, Jane and Nathan are coming your way for a Janie's Jumpstart Camp in February. Go get that knowledge. For more information and signups, go to janiesjumpstart.com. That's J-A-N-I-E-S jumpstart.com. I'll include a link to that and everything else I mentioned in the show notes on my website, the Facebook page, and whatever app you're using to listen to this. And remember, I could really use your help spreading the word about the Get Up in the Cool Patreon. Just write a Facebook post and type in patreon.com slash getupinthecool and a linked thumbnail will appear for all your friends to click on. Maybe include a plug for the specific reward you signed up for. You could even mention that everyone who signs up before the end of October will get a download of Get Up in the Cool Volume 1 as well as Volume 2 when it comes out next year. And if you're ready to sign up to support the show this week, go to CameronDeWitt.com and click the Patreon button. All new pledges or increases this month will go directly to my guests for the following year. So it's time to make it rain on the show's better half. All right, you know what to do. Go forth, spread the good news. And thanks for listening, friends. Come back same time next week for more Get Up in the Cool.